Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. My name is Karen, and I am your host. Super excited to be back. It's been about two weeks um, that we haven't released a new episode. So today is going to be a solo catch-up check-in moment. Um, I've been really thinking about today's topic, and it's really spicy. So I've been debating between, do I want this on the Patreon? Do I want it on the main feed? And I just kind of want to give you a taste of what happens in the Patreon. So I'm going to keep this like super zesty episode on the main feed. Um, But before we get into it, it is about finances and um, it's spicy. So hang on. But let me just catch you up on things that are going on. First of all, I have missed you guys. And um, I really go back and forth between like, do I want to do the podcast? Do people listen? Does it matter? Like, you know, just the whole plight of, of being a creative. And then, you know, I take a little break, which highly recommend you guys, like anything that you do in life, like take a break and see like, is this something you actually enjoy doing? Or do you just happen to be good at it? Do you feel the pressure to do it? Is somebody expecting you to do it? Like just really take some time back. And I know there's a, or take a step back. And I know there's a lot of privilege in that. But I just feel like as creatives and musicians, we just kind of get caught in this like rat race of like, I should just be doing this and let me just add more stuff to my list of shit and like blah, blah, blah. So I've hit record again and I'm just like, I love this. I love this podcast. I love this community. I love being here. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Um, So I just really enjoy those, the kind of reminders. And I find myself like trying to do that more and more with other areas of my career. Um, So this December... I'm taking a sabbatical um, from coaching. Um, so I've been a coach for about 10 years and I've never taken any extensive amount of time off from coaching. And this is not extensive by any stretch. It'll be, you know, a couple of weeks. But um, the month of December, as we all know, is historically like a hot mess with like the holidays and travel and we're all getting sick and, you know, the whole nine. Um, so I figured, you know, let me put my money where my mouth is, really think about what I want to do moving forward, kind of coach I want to be, the kind of clients that I want. Like, let's just think about it. Um, And not that anybody cares, but I just wanted to share this because I I think that for my personality, this was really compelling. Um, I'm walking away from about 70% of the company's revenue. So a big part of our money comes from coaching. Um, I've designed it that way and I love it that way. Um, And I really needed something that would light a fire in my butt to like figure stuff out. So I was, I've, you know, taken a quick sabbatical from my one-on-one work for the month of December. Um, the plan is to just sit and have a come to Jesus with myself and be like, what do I want to do? What sounds good? Um, what's working? What's not working? Like, what do we want the next few years to look like personally, emotionally, spiritually, business, you know, all the things. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm scared, uh, but there's been a lot of fear in the last few months that I've worked on in therapy around like, is everyone's going to leave or is this, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Like how annoying or do you not need the money? And it's like, no, absolutely. You know, just like all of those like negative insecurities or or maybe like lack of abundance mindset thinking or whatever. And that's where, you know, my therapist is super helpful. My coach is super helpful. Um, And I'm just excited to see like, could, could, could me, could I walk away from this for a little bit? Like what's going to happen to my identity? What's going to happen to, I don't know, the, the constant communication that I'm in, which I love and why I choose to do one-on-one work, you know, all of those things are just like, I don't know, we're going to find out. So I will keep you all posted. I'm definitely going to be documenting it and I'm excited. Maybe it's going to be super dumb. Maybe it's going to be terrible. Like who knows? But like, I'm excited for, 
for the challenge. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm just constantly seduced by what would it be like to like work for somebody else? And then I go back to like horrible. And then what would it be like to not work at all? Like <laughs> be a trophy wife. <laughs> horrible you know like all of those things or maybe not maybe it's amazing I don't know but I'm excited to to explore all of that and um get I don't know the itch I guess that you get when you maybe stop practicing for a minute or something and then you just want to get back into it so we shall see but I'll let you guys know um we moved apartments um it was awful but it was great feel very lucky um and I'll record an episode with Nick about this but We have wanted to live in this building since I moved to Nashville, which was about six years ago. And it's been in our goal poster. It's been in the back, in the lock screen. What do you call it? The background? Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm a hundred of your phone, like the photo in the back, in this this homepage, home screen. I don't know what it's called, of Nick's phone for the last six years. We've never changed it. And it's been the front of this building. It's called the Icon in Nashville. And it's absolutely beautiful and bougie and um just gorgeous we really like where we live the location and downtown nashville and it was like a total dream come true to be able to move into this building and um it happened super serendipitously and turns out that we were paying the same amount in our old place and this one's like significant upgrade and most people in this building own their property so it's you know just higher vibes and just it feels more adult so very excited to have the privilege of living somewhere beautiful and really loving our home. Um, So for those of you that will come and visit um, for like photo shoots or things like that, um, the way that I would describe my space now, it's like one big bougie hug. Like all you want to do is sleep. Everything just feels really plush and soft and just naps. So I'm just becoming this person that really enjoys naps and rests and just like not doing as much. So highly recommend. I do feel a lot more creative in this space. And um, I don't know, I'm just like more excited. Like I just even feel like my energy is different here. So anyway, um, so those are some quick updates. I'll come back. I'll bring Jen and Nick and we'll talk about the hot mess that everything was. We'll check in on like so many other things that I'm sure I'm forgetting about. Um, But today's episode, I'm a little like I wouldn't say nervous, but I know that not everybody's going to agree. I know that I'm totally going to miss something. I know that I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I just really want to start the conversation. So how we always talk about this in the podcast, question the source. So don't take my word for it. Think about it. Don't take what I say to be true or gospel because it's absolutely not. Have your own opinions and your own thoughts. Um, But I just want us to think about it, to maybe consider so I've been talking to a few emerging artists and and this is kind of where it started, but it just kind of made me think about everything. Um, and, you know, people mentioning a different parts this year and I just keep notes on things and I'm always fascinated about, you know, bullshit um, in our industry. And it just keeps coming back that, you know, we have these awesome guest artists with the best of intentions coming to schools, being artists in residence, um, you know, doing the whole thing. You know, I do it too. And saying phrases like we're not in it for the money like as artists none of us in this room are in it for the money and while on principle yeah absolutely like I don't think any artist or creative as a kid you know was playing around with I don't know watercolors or or playing hot crust buns or dancing around being like I'm gonna be a millionaire like I don't but I believe that like I don't think that we thought that at the beginning and I don't think that any of these guest artists are being shitty or negative or whatever 
However, I just don't agree with that kind of terminology because I think it's like promoting this starving artist mentality, which is just untrue. So I broke it down into these three points that I feel like is how our industry has changed in the last decade. Let's not get crazy. Let's just say the last 10 years, like with the rise of social media in 2012, which is when Instagram was a thing and where we really started to get it together with marketing. In the last 10 years, the landscape of our industry has changed dramatically. Some people have joined in on that. Some people have capitalized on that. And some people have been left behind. And this notion around starving artists and I don't know, just like that there isn't any money in the arts that, you know, it's promoting the mindset for these young folks creating nonprofits where you have to have a 501c3 because you just are not going to make money as a chamber group, which bullshit, or that you have to make it exclusively education-based or people are not going to want to be committed to your project. None of these things are accurate. And I think that when we say phrases like we're not in it for the money or we're all here for the purity of the art, like, I mean, if you are wealthy, if you have a trust, if, you know, you don't really have to make your money in the arts, then sure. And also, yeah, maybe we didn't start thinking about making money when we were kids or when we were studying art, but like, it's a very important needed thing for artists, like period, like we need to make money. So I don't know. I just wanted to like kind of drop that little hot potato there. So my, the first way that I kind of combat and like revolt with this narrative is how you make your money is nobody's business. Like actually nobody's fucking business. How you make your money is nobody's business. And I don't mean anything unethical or immoral or anything like that. Live your life. But what I mean is like there's so much shame. Like we're one of the very few industries where if you're not pursuing the degree you literally got from your university or conservatory doing the exact same thing on that freaking piece of paper and making 100% of your income out of that, then you haven't made it or you sold out or you gave up or insert whatever. And it's like, that's not true, like by any stretch. And I think that it's skewing people's perception on quality of life, on what they actually want to pursue in higher ed. We get so like narrowly focused on the craft and the art and we're forgetting the rest of our lives. Like we're forgetting that you, the individual needs to be okay in order to be able to do this at a very high level. And if you don't have basic things like food and roof and, you know, access to healthcare and mental health support and, you know, being able to afford to take care of yourself physically, like this is a very demanding profession. Like what are we doing? And and why don't we hold, I don't know, athletes or other folks to this same kind of standard? And why do we have to work at the same thing that we got a degree in? Like mathematicians aren't freaking out because they're engineers. And I know I've said that before, but it's like, why can't, I don't know, a classical sax performance major be in arts administration and be just as legit, you know? And that was my issue for a really long time. I was like, I got to hide all these things. I got to pretend like I'm making my living playing the Glazanoff. And it's like, 
That's not fucking true. And anybody in this career would know that. In fact, all of the master teachers and legends and whatever have full-time university teaching jobs. And yeah, they solo with orchestras. And yeah, that happens. But like, that's not 100% of their income. So why are we selling the story that it is? And again, I'm not saying that everybody's doing this. I'm not saying that, you know, everyone's a monster. But I just want to bring back this focus of like, why are we telling people that we're not in it for the money. The second point here is lifestyle. Like, can we just start talking about that sooner? Like, why did I have to graduate from some such a privileged education at Interlochen, at Boston Conservatory, in one of the greatest cities ever, to then think about, like, how do I want to live? Like, I don't know. And the response I get 100% of the time from any emerging artist is I just want to make enough money to live. And it's like, great, what is that number? And 99% of people cannot give me a number because we don't know, because we don't think about that, because we're not encouraged to think about that early on. Like, how do you want to live? Do you want a house? Do you want an apartment? Do you want to own? Do you want to rent? Do you want a car? Do you want to live in the city you're getting a degree in? What leisure things do you want to do? Do you want to eat out? Do you want to, do you want nice things? Are you materialistic? Are you more experience driven? Do you want vacations? Like what do you want? And I just want to encourage all of us, doesn't matter what stage of your career you're in, just ask yourself, what do you actually want? And are the things that you're doing allowing you to get closer to those things? And I'm not talking goal setting. I'm not talking manifesting. I'm not talking building wealth, just very simple, very basic, like What do you want and what is this lifestyle that you want? Because, again, we're so focused on the profession and on the craft. And yes, you have to work hard. Yes, you have to be good at what you do. But it doesn't have to cost you your health. It doesn't have to cost you your life. Like our injury rates, our mental health crisis is just spiking. And we're still going to these freaking masterclasses and people telling us that we're not in it for the money. Like what is happening? The the pandemic happened. And then the last thing um, is really questioning the source. So, you know, some of these guest artists are in top five orchestras or, you know, in really successful chamber groups and they're not starting their musical career right now. They're not starting their careers in the landscape that all of these students are graduating into. So read the fucking room, you know, like, what are you talking about that, you know, you took 50 auditions and then won the one and then your life has changed. That was so beautiful 15 years ago when I heard that. Not 15. Oh, my God. How old am I? Yeah, maybe 15 years ago when I heard that story at Interlochen. Was it 15? (gasps) No, it wasn't. Maybe like 12 years ago when I heard that that famous story from a very famous musician in a very (laughs) fancy top five orchestra. And it's like, hmm, who paid for all those auditions? did you have another job? Why did you live at home? Like, what did that look like? And what about your student loans? Because last time I checked, you went to Juilliard and Eastman and those are pretty fucking expensive. So let's talk about that. So it's just like, there's just so many things. And I don't mean to sound negative, but I just feel so protective of the lies that our industry is, I don't know, promoting around like, it doesn't matter. It's about the art or it's about the music. And I know that's sacrilegious, but it isn't. I think it has to be about you and what you want. Your your instrument is a vehicle for you to express yourself and express what you want to do. And we don't have to get super meta about it, but I, I don't know. I just see these guest artists that are just so out of touch with things. And yes, there's so much you could share as far as artistry and as far as all of the stuff. But like, can we all stop pretending like we're entrepreneurs? 
like not everybody's an entrepreneur. There's a huge difference between being a business owner and being an entrepreneur. There's a huge difference between being an artist and a creative and running a business. And yeah, I do believe that as artists, we do run businesses, the business of yourself, but it doesn't give you the qualifications. It doesn't give you the experience. It doesn't give you the data to be promoting business, entrepreneurial career ideas in a landscape that you haven't navigated. And again, I do not mean to shit on people, but I just want all of us to open our our minds to the possibility of maybe we have more options than we think we do. Maybe we need to sit down and think about what we actually want and work backwards. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to suffer. And I just so wish someone would have told me this. It would have spared me so much health issues. It would have spared me so much grief. It would have spared me so much lack of mental health to know early on in my career that I was in charge of it. And yes, I understand it's highly competitive. Yes, 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 yes. But, you know, for the most part, all of us that are in this pursuit are already excellent. And I don't want to get all crunchy, but I want us to approach it from a place of enoughness. Like what is going well? What do you have to work with? What do you want to do? How much money do you want to make? Where do you want to live? What actually brings you joy? And this is super intense and very on brand for me, but there's a couple exercises that I've done with my clients and with my own coaches that have been helpful. Like write your obituary. What do you want people to say about you? Um, or is it eulogy? No. Yeah. Just write, write down what's going to happen when you're no longer here. Questions around like, what do you want your legacy to be? Like your career legacy, your life legacy. What do you want that to look like? When you're, you know, at whatever age you wish to retire, if, if you wish to retire, what do you want to have accomplished in your life? What do you want to have changed as a result of the meaningful work that you have done? And I think wanting to play in an orchestra is awesome. There's great. How, how can you change that landscape? How can you make it better? Wanting to teach, awesome. What does that look like? Um, serving our country in a military band, awesome. What, what does that look like? Creating your own business, solving your own problems, uh, working in the nonprofit space, innovating, technology, like what is it? And also you don't have to pick one. You could do multiple of these. And I, I just feel like we're we're going back to this like very binary thinking and or we're just not qualified to be talking about certain things. Like and this is where it should be on the Patreon, but if you're in a top five orchestra, and you're saying that you're a coach, but you're not actually certified or qualified, please stop. Like you're using your influence and your power to get money from people that are trusting you to get them where you are, yet what you're serving is not real and or helpful entirely, or it doesn't cost the insane price that you're charging for it. So ah, the ethics of this is just really stressing me out. But I'm going to do some more research. I'm going to come back with data. I'm going to bring Jen because she always brings our energy down. (laughs) I know it's super intense, but I just wanted to leave us with that question of, ah, how do we feel when someone's like, we're not in it for the money? This isn't about the money. Yeah. I, you know, when I was six or seven or eight or whatever age I was when I started playing piano, as an immigrant, um, when my parents finally bought their dream home after living in an apartment and, you know, experiencing what that was like uh, and racism and all the things and visa drama and 
you know, deported and that kind of energy. Like, okay. Um, yeah. When I started playing piano, it was, it was about the music and it was awesome. And I loved my lessons and I, I loved my Cuban piano teacher and I learned solfege and, you know, all the things. And then I went to a magnet middle school and that was fun. Like, yeah, I wasn't thinking about, I don't know, driving Lamborghinis or, or living in penthouses. But like when I got older, I, I, I was. And I think that we need to promote that and, and we need to just equip folks with the tools to be able to further these conversations. And, and, you know, as a guest artist or you're sitting there, you know, they're paying you thousands of dollars if you're smart to you know give a recital and masterclass and this sort of thing. And that's just the cherry on top of whatever income you're already making. And then you sit there and you tell people that it's not about the money. Like, hmm, I don't know. So I'm curious <laughs> what y'all's thoughts are. Um, my intention with this is not to stir shit. It's not to call anybody out. Like, I'm not really thinking about anybody in particular. I just, I don't know. I think there's so much money to be made in this industry. Um, I I feel like there's just so much, so much we could do to help others that can bring in the money for everybody. And I, I don't know. I, I I feel passionate about having more money in the hands of artists and creatives that are actually doing good with it. And that, you know, knowing, like, imagine a world where everybody's just getting paid what they're worth and advocating for what that looks like and diversifying their portfolios in such a way where the students that you're blessed to teach or the people you're blessed to mentor also can create that. And, and we're not just creating this bottleneck of opportunities or this you know, dire landscape of there's not enough jobs or there's not enough whatevers. Um, and this doesn't even cross the conversation with the Enneagram as far as personalities. Like this will be another podcast, but I do think that there are certain people that are more cut out to be freelancers than others. I do think that there's certain personality idiosyncrasies that will make it very difficult for you to succeed as either an orchestral player or even a freelancer. And that I don't know. We just drink this Kool-Aid around how we think our career should go based on our influences, based on our mentors. But I just want to give you guys the power back and ask yourself the question, like, what do you want to do? How much money do you want to make? How do you want to make your money? What is fulfilling to you? We don't even talk about like other hobbies and interests and other skill sets outside of music. Like, oh my gosh, like the world's our oyster. Let's stop pretending like the only job you could have is whatever's written on your degree. If you're even privileged enough to have a degree, like, oh, just so much, so much. But anyway, hope you are having an amazing day. Thanks for hanging out with me in this like crazy moment. Um, if you're curious what the Patreon is, it's kind of like this, except we might give like more real life examples and get even more candid. But um, yes, I'm grateful to be here with y'all. And please let me know your thoughts. Like DM us, send me a message. If you disagree, please let me know. I'm so curious. I want to learn. If you agree, great. Tell us more. Um, If you're kind of in the middle, love that. Like, let's just have a dialogue. Let's just question the source. Think about it. Um, And we'll be back next week with some more spicy things. 